Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Talking Paragraphs. Today, we will be talking about violence in baseball, the new Space Jam movie, and the sad passing of Biz Marquis. But first, let me introduce my best friend, the Sultan of Spreadsheets, the man of La Mancha, Memphis Paul. They would say he's just a friend, and they could legally do that because Biz Marquis has passed away. I think we have to wait 75 years from the uh date of the publication of the song before Uh, we could could use that music on our podcast. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to live that long. So I just want to touch on this knee injury briefly and then move on with our lives. What, What I have found with the knee injury is that it's expensive, as all healthcare things are. But it's expensive in ways that I had not anticipated. It's more like expensive in I'm collecting more stuff to take care of the knee. So I've got two different kinds of canes. I've got uh, a walker, which I didn't pay for. It was loaned to me. Uh, I got a knee brace, which has been very helpful. And now on the way, I have a special kind of pillow to put the knee on while I'm sleeping and the, it's like a wedge that you like put your knee up so it's above your heart or, or whatever I don't know we'll see how that goes and then l- last night I was advised uh, that by a friend who'd had surgeries of these kind uh, that I needed to ask the doctor for something called an ice machine now when you and i think ice machine we think like the hotel ice machine or you know uh, uh, maybe an ice Uh, ice machine in a fridge well i think about ice from uh the flying movie with top top gun oh sure was his his name ice or ice man i think it was ice man and it was val kilmer Right. I think of his plane as the ice machine. <laughs> Fair enough. But go ahead. There's a, there's multiple ice machines. Tell, well, tell me about apparently, this. Apparently, there's a thing that it you you know it wraps around the uh, knee, and then you put water in the machine, and it right. cools the water, and it runs it through the thing, and it does the icing of yeah. your leg without you having to get up and down to. You know, yeah. Put the ice back in the freezer or whatever. So does it, does it do snow cones? <laughs> or or, or do you add the where you add the um, the Kool Aid? Can I get the Snoopy version, like the one they had when we were kids? I always wanted one of those, the Snoopy snow cone maker. Well, Paul, there are serious matters before us in uh-huh. the game of sport, the game that we used to both spend a lot more time on than we do now because eh, we don't care about things that uh, enjoy we used to enjoy as much because anhedonia is endemic to middle age. But baseball is yeah. being overrun by violence. Uh, in, in one of the games following the All-Star break, which, er, which was at Coors Field in Colorado, Denver, Colorado, there was a shooting outside the stadium 
uh, on the, I guess, near the third base exit. I, I don't know if anyone was hurt or anything like that because, I, you know, this is a facts-free podcast. If, uh, if there was like a, a box full of granola that was hit by a bullet yeah, fell over and the granola kind of spilled out. Yeah, I don't know if That's, anybody's fat tire bike was was damaged in the in the gunfire. Um, but uh, Paul, you had a, an idea of uh, if you feel like this is just as well, good for MLB. You know, they moved. Uh, uh, what, what happened? There was some voting law that the people in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, not not all of the people, just the. The Georgia legislative body. I don't. I don't remember what the law was, but it was something that disenfranchised people of color. Um. Yeah. Um. You know, we we don't do a lot of research, and um, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone else does either, because uh, all I saw was the headline, like, "Oh, this is horrible. You can't." bring a cup of water to someone in line, you know, it's like, well, that sounds horrible, except, um, there's, and then there's stories about, oh, this, the people wanted to vote and it took 18 hours. It's like, well, these are outlier situations. Um, well, my mom, when she went to vote, it was like she went the day of voting that took her 15 minutes to to vote. And, you know, she wouldn't have been there long enough to get hungry or thirsty. Uh, but regardless, uh, yeah. the story made it sound like um, Himmler and Einreich from Nazi Germany went to, to uh, Georgia and crafted this legislation. It's like, well... Major League Baseball, our good name can't be associated with the state of Georgia, so we're moving our game to uh, Coors Field in Denver. And uh, the planet has become unhinged. There was a shooting incident there in Colorado. There was gunplay outside of uh, the Nat Nat Stadium here recently. You, You have another violent story. And I think it's like, hey, you know, if you take away uh, this all-star event from a safe, comfortable new stadium. In suburban Atlanta. In suburban, you know, it's never, I mean, I've I've been to Fulton County Stadium. That was a dump. Right. But Where they, the had, human bo- they had all those great teams, though, but it was a dump. The, the only thing that was in will working order there was Dale Murphy but <laughs> all I'm saying is like and there's the, a new and the refrigerator that kept his milk cold I think that was a new unit that was in his contract <laughs> got a mini but fridge by his locker with nothing the human the human body is frail it's yeah. like your knee and so are stadiums so are buildings mm-hmm. like that that stadium in Atlanta it's never going to be as perk, perk, perky, well-formed uh, as it is now. Well, to steer back, so, I I don't want to debate the law in Georgia because, I like, like you, I didn't do any research on it. I will say 
Georgia is one of the worst states for gerrymandering. This I do sure. know. And well, it, is, that, it is in the South, so. That disproportionately affects people of color who were trying to get to the polls and they were in line for a long time. And the state also was yeah. reducing the amount of absentee, like a lot of states, Iowa did this too, reduced yeah. the amount of time that you could absentee ballot. And so sure, it, sure. there was a really tight race that yeah. uh, a candidate uh, could have, uh, and I don't know if the candidate won or could have won in Georgia for one of the, uh, either a congressperson or a senator, I don't know which it was. And then they changed, the state changed the laws. And it was just felt like it was a direct response to this voter turnout. And MLB was like, well, we're out of here. You can't have nice things, Georgia. Yes, I, I don't know the merits of the law or demerits, but it, it certainly struck a very quick chord. And there was an immediate response from Major League Baseball. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it wasn't researched that well, like most things, but regardless of how good or bad. Uh, as an Atlanta Braves fan, uh, I missed out on something. And uh, my anger, uh, whether it's fair or unfair, uh, maybe in the hearts and minds of all these other violent baseball people that are firing guns. And, so what you're, I mean, you, you have a story about a... So what you're saying is that that uh, the moving of the game from uh, Atlanta to the All-Star game from Atlanta to Denver has, yeah. has, cre- has cosmically unbalanced... The, a lot of anger among fans, uh, <laughs> raising food prices, I mean, a lot of things. So that... Caused by this. So, uh, Braves fans are traveling around the country to c- starting problems. Well, I didn't say that. There's Braves fans everywhere. Yeah, of a TBS. The, T- the, T- Super- the TBS is a station that, uh, yeah. Superstation. Uh, Anyone can watch it. Uh, if you have, you know, expanded basic cable, that's true. Um, so I'm going to blame some kind of Braves fan in New York City for what happened at Yankee Stadium against Boston. Some jerk threw a baseball and hit um, a Red Sox outfielder. I don't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but the they hit him, and the the uh, Alex Cora pulled the Boston manager pulled all of the. Uh, Boston players off the field because of safety, uh, and I, I mean you, you can't argue with that. Like if you, one of your guys gets beamed with a a baseball from the stands, it's one thing if the pitcher does it. If the pitcher does it, that's some kind of unwritten rule. If a fan yeah. does it, that's that's a felony. When you see Rick Ankeel's name on the um, the card, whatever that card is when right. start the game. Well, Ricky and Keel uh, couldn't hit anybody if he was trying to. I'm just saying, you see that name, it's like you, you say your Hail Marys, you, you, you take that gold chain that's around your neck that baseball players like to uh, right. lift up and kiss. Right. You just do that twice as often uh, I in think, that game. I think what you do is you... Get your head on a swivel. 
yeah, if you're because there are all these pitchers in history, like Randy Johnson, he could be wild. Nolan Ryan has the all-time K record, but he also has. Oh, he just he just hit someone with his fist. <laughs> no, he just robbed just Robin Ventura. Uh, yeah. But he's yeah all-time strikeouts, all-time walks too. He walked like six, seven thousand guys. So yeah. uh, I don't know what his HBP <laughs> limit is, but anyway, the rule as I understand it is pitcher hits you. That's part of the game. Uh, that's also like a. a Retribution for showing them up, whatever the rule is. Mm-hmm. But if you, if the you get, fans, a spl- you get a splinter in the bat, <laughs> right? Whatever. Yeah, this is part of the game. Uh, if a fan hits you with a baseball, uh, it's a felony. Um, anyway, yeah. and then since given your perspective of the disenfranchised Braves fans all over the country. Uh-huh. Who missed out he, on not watching the All Star game? So it was a Red Sox outfielder. Yeah. But in the mind of this uh, Braves fan, which, you know, they're everywhere. Sure. It's not necessarily someone from Atlanta that flew up there. Okay? Like a plague of locusts. Well, it's a big fan base. It is. Widespread. It is. So the fan, he sees this outfielder and. Uh, yeah, it's like must kill the queen. He's not the the outfielder anymore. <laughs> must kill the queen, yeah. and it's not the queen either. It's the face of Mansfield, or uh, who's the new MLB Manfred. commissioner? Manfred. Man- yeah, must kill Manfred, and he just throws a baseball um, at him. I understand. And he probably visualizes the baseball as just a small spherical tomahawk. Paul, I don't know. I don't know what to do about our country anymore, and I think. I, sometimes I just want to leave, uh, go somewhere where there's uh, uh, cocktails and swim-up bars. And yeah. uh, you you have been doing some thinking about this, too, as I understand it, in what is uh, an elegant segue into our next take. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the rat race, it's like, how do I get out of this? How do I do it faster? Uh, you go somewhere... Overseas, where things are cheaper. Uh, so you add those things together, it's like um, expat living. Uh, I've, I've been on websites, I've kind of settled on Malaysia, and then I saw some Bloomberg article where Malaysia's government's kind of in the, in the crapper here lately. So it's like, well, I need to fixate on somewhere else. I found this. Uh, lovely podcast. Let's see. It's called uh, The Expat Life Latin America. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't picked up any useful tips, but um, the guy does have a lovely perspective. It's like Zero Hedge. Mm-hmm. He's very anti government, like in America, and just every government is just kind of fraudulent. Corrupt people. Right. Uh, he's he's a big he's a big COVID conspiracy guy. Uh, he, he peppers his speeches with little um, uh, wordplay, like instead of Fauci, it's Falsy, and mm-hmm. Miami is my Jammy. And he speaks he speaks like he's he's you know he's been in the Latin America long enough that he's got little bits of uh, Spanish. Uh, which that's how I'd have to be 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know every Spanish word, but I could throw in a word into a sentence and, and give it like a little sideways tilt. So I don't know if Miami is is just how Latin Americans pronounce Miami or the the plane rides to Miami are just jam full of people that are getting the the COVID shots in America and then flying back. But uh, I've enjoyed his general vibe, uh, his right right wing conspiracy vibe. Uh, uh, here's I'm some... continuing to listen to it. So your idea is that you would uh, just drop out of uh, the current society that you live in. And you, you wait wait till you get your Social Security checks, okay. and then you sell up, yeah. you, you get your jabs, your shots, your passport, you fly down, and then uh, uh, you're just living in some place real cheap. Yeah. Uh, Beach, beachfront views. Well, wherever, maybe up in the mountains, you okay. know, Greek, where the coca plants grow, you know, the original I, Paul, Coca-Cola. Paul, I don't know. You came to Iowa without a winter coat. I don't think the mountains are for you. Um, I, I, I want you to, while you're, I like this idea, but I, while you're exploring this, can you keep like a note file on your phone or just jot down on some post-its, some questions? Like when you're when you're looking at a place to retire to, uh, should it? One of the questions I would have is like, how often is the government overthrown by coup? Um, well, that, that comes up in these um, websites, and um, uh, even this guy, it's like, yes, stay away from the strongman governments. Yeah. Um, Right, because if if they're not overthrown by the people, they may yeah. be they may be overthrown by the United States, and then you're, you're paying the same taxes again anyway. Um, you know, well, that that's your theory. But it's funny you mention that because I I think they talked about Nicaragua, which yeah. is there is it still Manuel or Manuel Junior? I don't know, but they were saying like. They've had some unrest, yeah. and people have either gotten out, or it was the people in the capital city that got out, and the yeah. people that lived out in the country. His theory is like the government people in the country are just as corrupt, sure, as the city, but they're just lazier. Yeah, uh, he had a whole little uh, you know rant about it that the uh, you know they're just not as directed. I you think know, I think another thing they're just want, lazy. They'll, they'll they'll you know if you get close to them they'll arrest you or like hey give me a bribe. But they're they're not working as hard. I think another thing you want to ask yourself is what what is the malaria rate? Well, you take pills and then you you drink gin and tonic so <laughs> or whatever it's local whatever the local tonic. You're not worried about it at all. You just pickle that shit is what you're saying. <laughs> I like. Uh, that. Sure. That's that's fine. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I'm I'm going to that, I'm going to hold that, out before I endorse this plan. But yeah, the winter coat that wasn't fatal. I just bought a coat. Okay. So, you know, if there's something I need when I get there, it's like, hey, look, I'm I've got this uh, this rash, or I'm I, just power power crapping. Do I need to drink a different? Oh, don't, don't drink out of that well? Okay, yeah. bottled water, gotcha. You're not talking about, like, uh, 
uh, one of those into the woods type things where you're living in a trailer in the in the middle of the Canadian Yukon and you accidentally eat the wrong berries and die of dysentery. You're not talking about that, are you? Well, uh, or that was, you know, I, that was a movie got, Into the Wild was the movie, I think. Well, uh, you know, I've got my different ideas of what I want, but yeah. even if I live in the country, I'd want to have a vehicle or be on a bus line. Yeah. Uh, I'd want to be in a country that had good medicine. You know, even, even some third world countries can have uh, medical centers in certain cities that are pretty good. Uh, it's not all fleshed out. You know, that, that's, that's helpful in not being disappointed, not knowing everything about something. Sure, sure. We, we've learned that yeah. as humans. Well, fair enough. Paul, I'm doing this for you as a favor. Because this okay. is, this is uh, I'm going to, I denounce Zero Hedge unless they're talking about making penises with skywriting. There's uh, a penis, there's a penis story. So what I'm don't, going to do is I'm, I'm going to hand the mic to you. Don't prejudge my penis story. I'm, I'm handing the mic to you and you're going to give us five headlines from the right wing conspiracy <laughs> website Zero Hedge. Uh, and you're going to give these these headlines. I'm not going to comment on them at all. It's all the the podcast is yours until the end of the segment. So go. Well, you can you can buy. I put my I, uh, glasses down. Let me get those here. Okay. You want the penis story right away, or it's your segment. It's, it's, it's where it falls it, naturally. It's, it's your okay. part of the segment. Whatever you want. So Lego has a set of toys, you know, that forms a gun. They call it the Block 19, or at least Zero Hedge does. That's that's inaccurate. They've, they've halted the production of this, but you can still not, 3D print it. That's not... You said you were going to be quiet, okay? Just, but it's so wrong. This is Zero Hedge. This is their headline. Somebody made... Somebody put Legos on a Glock in in to make it look like a Lego toy. So they're calling it a Block 19, and the story is right. a bit clever. That, that is but true. Fun. But Lego uh-huh. Lego didn't make it. Lego stopped it. They sent a cease and desist to the guy yeah. who did it because they were like, "This is gonna kids are gonna think this is a toy." What's the matter with you? It looks like a toy. It, it does. There's, there's there's photos of it. In the Zero Hedge article, it, it does. It looks, mm-hmm. it, it looks, yeah. It looks, it looks cool. All right, I'll withdraw from here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless it's really, uh, really wrong. Let's see. There's uh, shark attacks. That uh, there are shark advocates who who want these shark attacks to not be called shark attacks anymore. They want them to be called interactions. Because shark attacks is too uh, judgmental to the sharks. Um, so that that's this week's dress coding. Can, can I can I comment on that in a positive no, way? No, no, no. You've already you've, you've already crapped on my. Uh, I'm not going to crap on this. One. I just I, I like this headline. I don't know if it's yeah. true or not, but it does seem like the kind of thing 
that, a shark atheist is into. Yeah, that anybody who anybody who they're, attaches the word white and fluffy. Yeah, anybody who attaches the word advocate to their name is already suspect to me. And so, mm-hmm. if this this does seem like the kind of thing that they would do. And so, uh, because it would deny some level of reality and allow them to promote this idea that, like, sharks would otherwise hug us if, if it weren't for the fact that they were some, you know... Prejudiced against our minds. (laughs) We've prejudiced them. Okay, enough of that. All right, Uh, all right. So, there's some comment about a new emoji that's coming out or series of emojis that will allow you to um, produce, you know, on your phone an image of a pregnant man. Because, sure, everyone's talking about pregnant men, and you need an emoji for that. Uh, this is rotten eye, so I, I have nothing to say about this. Well, I'll just, I'll just add that it, it could be any race or creed, you know. Of course. We don't want to limit ourselves to... Uh, one kind of a pregnant man emoji. I'm frankly uh, offended that it's a man. Yeah. Because gender is just a social construct, Paul. It is. So the last, I've left the penis headline for last. There was a um, scandal within diplomatic circles between South Korea and Japan. I think it's Moon. Moon is the South Korean I'm not sure which side it was, but he was he was given a clever comment uh, as as if he masturbates. So the comment was that he was uh, having a tug of war only with himself, uh, which I took that to mean like, oh, this guy's stupid. Right. You know, it's a debate only with himself. Yeah. But but they tweaked it so it sounded like it's masturbation. Hmm. And uh, I like the story because it continues the penis narrative. Right. That Zero Hedge follows, but also it reminds me of other stories out of Asia. Mm-hmm. Like we can't be bothered to get our facts right. <laughs> no. But they're they're so sensitive to facts that it's like. Some business executive will quote some 14th century poetry in their stock will tank. Or uh, who's that, that tall NBA player? Yao uh, Ming. Yeah, like Coca Cola assumed that he was seven um, two, and he was actually seven three, and he sued them, and he didn't actually want money. It was just for like philosophical and spiritual uh, reasons like the, the dollar settlement he received. Uh, it, was a, it, was a very confu- it was a very confusing lawsuit, but then, like, his explanation of why he wouldn't accept money was also very uh, uh, odd. Uh, I think it's all bullshit. I think Yao Ming sued... Honorable. So, I think Yao Ming sued so he could get, like, a super deluxe at Taco Bell, yeah. which costs yeah. about a dollar. Uh, sure, sure. All right. Well, that uh, that, that was it. That was the whole segment. You can start talking now, which which you've been talking. But. <laughs> that closes our zero hedge segment of the week. Uh, and remember, zero hedge is the worldwide leader in stories about penises. We will be right back with the B block. So stay where you are. 
We're back. I'm Dan. He's Paul. Um, Paul, the best the best part of our podcast is I could cut all of it, and you wouldn't know. I could never publish it, and you wouldn't know. And that's, that's o- right. It's okay. It's all about the fun. Uh, speaking of fun, uh, the Olympics are coming, and I don't oh, yeah. I don't care. The Olympic the Olympics screams screams fun. Yeah, I I don't like the Olympics. I'm trying not to use the word hate, but mm-hmm. I don't care about all that. Like people watch the opening ceremonies save. and all that goofy yeah. stuff that is done during the opening ceremonies. Save save, save the word hate for Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair point. Um, way to way to foreshadow. I just here's the thing: in the other non-Olympic years, no one gives a shit except the people who are involved in gymnastics or track and field or whatever. No one gives a shit about this stuff. And I say that as the both of us are Drake alumni, and we have a big track meet, the Drake Relays, that is uh, highly respected in the track and the field community, which in America is a tiny community, probably about the size of the soccer community. Uh, in fact, I'd, get, I'd gather that the soccer community was larger because at least there are little kids and young kids playing soccer. Mm-hmm. There are so few track athletes uh, relative to that. Do, do people do people run track in Iowa high schools? Is there they do track and yeah. field. They have the you know. state championship at the Drake Stadium. Uh, well, I, sure. Uh, I guess all I'm saying is uh, the rest of the the non-Olympic years, no one gives a shit about any of this stuff, and then the Olympics come around, and then all of a sudden we care how many medals America has. All of a sudden we care, you know, how far someone can run or uh, we care about, like, the, the ones that really burn me are gymnastics because gymnastics isn't really a sport. It's a soap opera. Uh, it's talking about these women, young women's personalities and their uh, whether they get along or not. And... Uh, there's very little discussion about men's gymnastics uh, yeah. because these are just men playing a sport. Uh, and the other thing that burns me is all the jingoistic, stupid patriotism that comes along with it. Like, yeah. like, oh, you're really pumped up because we won an international competition in an event that you didn't give a shit about ever before. It'd be like suddenly being enthralled by the winner of the NBA Finals when you've never watched a basketball game before. It's just, it's too much for me. Uh, this it, idea of caring about something only if we win, that uh, that sums up all the coverage of the basketball recently. Yeah. It's like, we had won so frequently and by such large margins that uh, it was just a, a fait accompli. Mm-hmm. Uh, except suddenly we lost several games, and it's not even the, the games yet; it's the, the preseason yeah, games, friendlies or whatever. And there's suddenly all this coverage around it, uh, whereas there would have been no coverage if the game happened and we won. Well, both the uh, men's and women's teams have injuries. Like Kevin Love came off; he's got a calf problem. Yeah. Another guy got coveted out. 
and uh, Diana Tarazi on the women's side and Sue Bird, they're both uh, banged up. And uh, the women may have it a little bit easier because there's not as many uh, and as many well-developed women's basketball programs in the world that, that compared to men's basketball programs. Um, but I, I would be happy if the men's basketball got just routed uh, and, you know, lost because maybe then the, the games would be interesting to watch. Uh, I don't know. Um, well, that could happen. I mean, I'm not going to watch them anyway. Um, the, the, the other thing that bothers me is the NBC covers the Olympics. And all sports media does this to a degree, a degree. But I think NBC does it worse than anyone else, which is nobody plays sports for fun. It's always... Because somebody's cousin died, or somebody had cancer, or some you know some kind of tragedy motivates all the athletes. Nobody's like, you know, uh, we had uh, track, we had field day in middle school, and we had the shuttle run, and I, I was the fastest, and I thought that was fun, so I just kept running, and you know now I'm an Olympiad. I mean, this is great. Got all the Snickers bars I want. You know, uh, but you want, you don't want to eat them though, because uh, right. But I've got them to give to the guess, poor, to give to the poor people who are standing outside the stadium. They're in a warehouse. I, I, I don't quite get the snicker partake, but I'm just saying. Well, you know, that's the other. That's the third. My third block of dislike for the Olympics is every damn commercial is like proud sponsor of the U.S. Olympic team, and it's always stuff that has nothing to do with the Olympics, like. Snickers or Burger King or McDonald's. Simone bought a commercial where yeah. it's like, oh, Simone, your sandwich is ready. Yeah. Which uh, I don't think anyone uses their Christian name in a store. Yeah. Or calls across the room like, hey, here's your sandwich. But she does like some little gymnastic run to arrive at the um, counter. Yeah. Swiper, Amex, or Visa, or whatever card it was. I don't know. Yeah. Whoever the sponsor is of credit cards. Proud sponsor. Yes, the proud uh, credit card sponsor of the Olympics. But um, I, I've always had this take, which was um, gymnastics is the sport they have to work hardest to um, figure out a way to shoehorn that into the commercial. Like, she's doing a, a run-up to get her sandwich. There's, there's this other one where this woman does some flip onto the roof. Cause they, yeah, that was for Geico? Was it Geico? It was. They, yeah. they missed through their Frisbee, so it went on the, the roof of the house. Does anyone advertise more than Geico? Like, I I will never take their insurance because I feel like I already ha- they've been in my life so much that yeah. I don't want flow... Or the the fucking lizard. That's, that's or, progressive. Oh, is it uh, okay? Yeah. Well, I don't want any of these people in my house any more than they already are. They're almost as bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just stop with the mascots and the uh, long running cereal commercials. I don't just leave my life. Uh, I, I expect at any time like Flo will be 
on the beach, uh, you know, obsessed with selling insurance, and then the goddamn Energizer Bunny will roll through there, you know, uh, and Ronald McDonald will be chasing it, and and everything collapses into itself. The multiverse flattens. Well, well, here's what I'll say about the Olympics. Uh, I, I generally enjoy the opening ceremony for some reason. Really? Uh, I'm not a pageantry person, but it's like, well, I'll I'll tune in to watch the delegations go by and whatever skit they put on. But that's it. That's as much as I watch. Uh, I've told you off the air that um, I applied to several different colleges, and I found out after the fact that Georgia State has a good actuarial program, mm-hmm. and they're in Atlanta. So I, I would have been very tempted to go there so I could see the Atlanta Olympics and uh, see the events in person. You know, like, oh, here's Pavilion C, you know, on this street. This is where the Taekwondo uh, events are happening, or here's the sumo event, or here's the field with all the um, – the javelin throws or the shot put or whatever. Uh, I, I think watching just the day-to-day events and getting an appreciation of, uh, of the athletes, just how big they actually are and so forth or strong or graceful, uh, would be something, but, but you're right. I don't care. Uh, NBC, uh, is a great channel to do the Olympics. Because they're already focusing year-round on stuff I don't care about. <laughs> Inclu- um, including their primetime network programming. No, in terms of like, this isn't a, a real sport, or you, you crump into this more than it needs to. Well, don't they, have, they, don't they have the Premier League? No, you're, you're cutting me off at the feet here with this joke. Oh. Because they cover Notre Dame football. Okay? Oh. Fair, fair joke. point. That's fair the point. joke. It was, a good, it was a good joke. I stepped on it. My bad. You, you, yeah, you fumbled it. Uh, you, you poorly handled that like Notre Dame football poorly handles I, uh, I handled, being a participant. I handled that like my, uh, like my fake girlfriend in Hawaii died in a car accident. There we go. Uh, Finally on the right page. <laughs> uh, speaking of football... How yes. about the seg- that's a Segway five pointer right there. Uh, the NC the NCAA has now has to, according to federal ruling, has to allow athletes to uh, make money on their name if they yeah. so choose. Yeah. And uh, there are a number of things underway by uh, high profile NCAA athletes. I think. Yeah. Mostly in football and men's basketball, um, you had some examples of that. I do. I, I wanted to. I wanted to preface this with a comment, which was: um, sometimes you have an organization doing something that's necessary, but uh, uh, you still don't like them. You know, like the IRS is one, the IOC. They're corrupt, but you do have to choose, you know, a venue that's kind of part of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. The NCAA, it's like, if they had the fashion and argument, why do we exist? You know, why are we making all this money for 
just being nitpicking and kind of corrupt. The argument is amateurism. Like you need someone to enforce this idea that uh, it's a fair playing field and that there's not backhanders and uh, envelopes of money being handed out. People on their visits aren't uh, getting extra perks that aren't allowed. Um, well, you certainly don't give them so, the envelope on the visit. I mean, well, because the NCAA is there, that's right. sure. Uh, but we don't have to. I mean, we don't have. I don't know. We have to care about that now. Right. And uh, like the one thing that they did was to ensure that, um, like Oklahoma State could compete reasonably with Oklahoma as the second tier uh, program in their state. For, you know, a relative share. I mean, they're already suffering because they don't have the pageantry of the tradition of winning and well, uh, here's some what, of the best stadiums and so forth. Here's why they're suffering. They, they, their university is in a place called Stillwater. Yeah. I mean, who would want to live in Stillwater? Well, uh, now, without the NCAA uh, and their ham-handed efforts at amateurism, we have... Uh, story like uh, Spencer Rattler, yeah. who's quarterback at OU. Uh, he's doing the first paid um, autograph signing. He, he's also got like some kind of an agent. Uh, Texas A and M. Their players are going to give interviews after the game on some TV network for like ten grand uh, an interview. Um, so I'm sure the network that's doing this will recoup their money with all the people that watch this content. But, uh, uh, you know, it helps to be at a big program. You know, uh, right. Memphis State University, my hometown team, yeah. they wanted to give some interview. They might get, uh, oh, here's, you know, here's 50 bucks. Go uh, treat yourself to... At Drake, you get changed for the vending machine so you can get an RC Cola. Sure. That, that may be as much, uh, oh, good game. Here's here's, you know, here's some lint out of my pocket. You know, uh, uh, I mean, we, we don't even play. We play Division One AA non-scholarship football. Michigan, of course. Yeah. They're, you know, they're beloved by their citizenry. Sure. There's some local uh, sports company like a, a sporting goods store or company that's going to put out licensed apparel mm. and the the company and the, the players will participate in those profits uh so i i guess i like that the, the you know that these exploited workers are getting uh, some money back but it is certainly uneven you know it's like we've replaced the NCAA with you can't have any money with, oh, it's just free market, which uh, is great if you're super talented or going to a really good, you know, traditional power of college football. Uh, Here's the question I have about this and that plagues me about it is if you're a running back, quarterback, or wide receiver – or in some cases, linebackers, uh, defensemen, 
uh, you know, nickelbacks or whatever, the corners, safeties, yeah. who make big noticeable plays in a the game, they're, yeah. they're, you're probably going to do a few interviews a season, particularly quarterbacks. Yeah. So this process allows quarterbacks and maybe receivers and running backs to make money. But what about the offensive linemen well, uh, who have more schemes to remember than anybody? Uh, what I would say, what I'd respond to that is uh, Spencer Rattler should be sharing his money with the uh, linemen if he doesn't want to get sacked every play. <laughs> Like Tom Brady bought it, bought all his linemen uh, Rolexes, that kind of thing. I would say that, except uh, the the one unit that OU has that has done consistently well in the NFL draft has been the offensive line. So uh, they're they're actually pretty much set. You know, if they play well, they'll just get drafted. The the the, the highest paid right tackle and left tackle in the NFL today or both uh, OU uh, alumni. Well, probably, yeah, probably yeah. not alumni. Former o- OU players. Players. Yeah. That's right. Fair. All right. That's enough sports talk. We'll be back with a little bit of uh, the entertainment world and then Paul's going to go uh, Yeah. back no one went anywhere really there's a there's a ring girl that walks through the room holds up which block we're on a number yeah we're on the c block and i spit i spit into a bucket <laughs> and someone someone tells me to keep talking yeah say this say less of that yeah he keeps screaming cut me mickey cut me um yeah. uh we are in the entertainment block uh, we we do not have much entertainment here to talk about, but I I was told by you before the show that Disney is considering a series based on the 1989 movie Turner and Hooch, which was a film starring Tom Hanks, America's dad, and a dog, and a big slobbery dog. I'm I'm going to say two things about this. Uh, before uh, I let you go on it. Uh, the first thing is Turner and Hooch is another one of those Hollywood dualities that we're always talking about where there were two of them at the same time. Like that same year, John Belushi, uh, Jim Belushi, whichever the one that didn't die of Coke. Canine. Uh, it was in Canine Cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, with In the... With a similar plot, it was a cop with a big slobbery dog. Just like the same year, there was two Prefontaine movies, two Truman Capote movies, and so on. Um, So I worry that a Turner and Hooch movie or TV series is going to lead to a canine cop TV series. And, uh, you know, because... Lots of series that well, I've liked in recent years have gotten canceled. According to Jim, I mean, mm. that's still on the air, right? I mean, no. he's not going to leave that. 
He's the canine. It's not still on the air. It's in reruns. Oh. Your mom's just watching it on one of those uh, yeah. channels that shows reruns Sorry. of it. Again, uh, again, the facts uh, got away from it. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Courtney Thorne Smith is is not on that show anymore. So. She could be the she could be the cop. That's it. I'm yeah, she, I'm, I'm getting on the phone with. She uh, she could be the cop and HBO uh, Max. Belushi could be the slobbery dog. What what I I I know you're not going to watch this, Paul. Sounds like you're campaigning for a canine. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. That's right. What was your second point about this before I? Uh, took over i'm just gonna say that even in i'm just gonna say even in 1989 when it would have been like the summer between my eighth grade year and freshman year people were thirsting for canine based cop shows even back then and their pomp even back then i thought these were stupid movies i thought this is dumb this is just a one joke movie the dog is slobbery you know it's like marmaduke allow me to describe every marmaduke comic ever or Clifford, isn't there a Clifford? Uh, yeah, that was not around at that or... time, but th- there is now Clifford the Big Red Dog. Every Marmaduke comic strip ever ends in this way. Yeah. Oh, that's a big dog. Yeah. What, what's your uh, interest in this Turner and Hooch? Well, you're not going to watch it. I'm not. That wasn't the basis of my take. Oh. So you, you've taken something and uh, put a direction on it. Uh, so now I'm having to... I, I've put you on your heels. I apologize. I'm having to reassemble it like a Block 19 Lego toy <laughs> that they've trademarked and produced themselves. <laughs> right. um, You're 3D printing it right now, loading it up and driving to Des Moines. Uh, I didn't imagine the Disney streaming service having a lot of legs to it. Like I, I get they have content, but... Uh, most people would have just watched the stuff they wanted to watch as it happened. But uh, they have managed to be like, oh, here's Winter Soldier, here's the WandaVision, here's uh, Loki. Uh, now they're coming out with Turner and Hooch. Like, I don't know that I'd want to watch any of these things uh, completely. Uh, the Clone Wars was that something they put out for um, Lucas? For this, or had that happened before? Lucas filmed, uh, did the original like however many seasons? Yeah, uh, and they were on Netflix. They had oh, been on the okay. Cartoon Network before that, and then when Disney bought Star Wars but, from Lucasfilm or however that another, worked, they, they did another series. They, uh, yeah, they added what was called a lost season, uh, and then they did another season called the Lost Batch, which takes place after the Clone Wars, but before the so, events of Rogue so they, One. They've done those, and then there was the the one where the baby Yoda, the Mandalorian, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he's getting, he's receiving child care. So gonna, that's the big. There's going to be a Boba Fett series next next winter. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm surprised that they've uh, managed to have some little bit of content that's original that they've been able to just keep producing in real time. So it's like, oh well, I guess I would cancel this, except. Uh, you know, there was a Disney movie I didn't watch 
five years ago I haven't gotten around to and oh here's this new series that's coming out there's something the kids can watch while I get a fix myself a gin and tonic and buy myself 30 minutes of peace and quiet mm. and it's enough to be like yeah I'll not cancel that I'll keep that on the credit card so good job uh, Disney for doing that uh, some some bright thinker is like hey, do we have the rights to Turner and Hooch? Do we have those likenesses? Uh, it's like, well, we got an empty slot. We got six weeks, uh, July through, you know, mid-August. Let's uh, let's shit out uh, Turner and Hooch. Uh, uh, do we have that guy on the Mickey Mouse Club, that young kid? You know, do we have that dog from Westminster we have his rights so we got his acting rights okay let's let's do a read through with them I, and I, they did it they made it happen i that i appreciate someone someone bought his little beach house with that uh turner and hooch revival no so good, good no on. no nobody bought see this is just like the wire that guy still working in the basement at disney he didn't make any money you know someone's someone made money off that yeah not not the guy who came up with it though no, yeah, that, that that guy's just like the guy who invented the McNugget from season one of The Wire. He just not the creator then, who, whoever the producer is. He made someone made money off. I this. bet Tom okay. Hanks somehow made money off this. I remember. Uh, I don't know what ESPN thing I was watching. It could have been Mike and Mike or something, some something that low rent, but uh, yet so somehow so much better than what's offered currently. Anyway, they were. They had some episode, and uh, it was like they saw some producers from the, like the show that was the chainsaw, mm-hmm. like speed speed cutting something with the pool and chainsaw, and they were just high fiving themselves that that uh, that they were producing this. So even though it was very low rent, early ESPN, you know, skydiving or. Uh, uh, whatever this was, uh, it was enough to make enough ad money for some producer to be high-fiving some other rich guy. Uh, and that's that's the equivalent of this Turner and Hooch. It's, uh, is that the last line of success in America, Paul? Is, uh, what is that? Is that some rich guy gets fractionally richer off of recycling an old idea? And, uh, and, the, and people are like high-fiving, and I was like, yeah. We made this rich white guy slightly you, richer. It, you, you say it's not an achievement, but before I told you today Disney is doing Turner and Hooch, could you ever – let me give you a million guesses. And if you guess right, I'm writing you a check for $5 million. Could you have possibly guessed that Turner and Hooch was the, uh, the concept that needed a reboot? No, because I'm actually creative. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, I, I, I actually, I, I, I naively hope that people will come up with new ideas on their own. Well, and, they didn't. And you're right, they don't. So, in in it, uh, what I love about this take, Paul. Someone you, was up at 3 in the morning, and CBS had Turner Duke, and it's like uh, a light bulb went off, like the light bulbs in the Davis and Butthead, you know, those, those lights that don't quite work when they're thinking. 
They just explode over their head. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, okay, this needs to be on TV. I can make this happen and, and make some money off of it. Sure. Anyway, you know what? That story. What I like about this take, and you brought it to the podcast, not me. I did. What I like about the po- the take is that it is both jovial and highly cynical mixed together. That's America. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I love America, and America loves you. What, what about uh, Space Jam? You love that? Uh, I was about 22 minutes into Space Jam when I... Uh, decide when we when you called and we started the podcast, yeah. and you may not return to it. Boy, you know, I've got a friend of mine made me some vegetable beef stew, and I'm I'm gonna go heat up a couple of bowls of that, and I've got the evening free because I I usually don't cut the podcast till Monday. What What's that song about, young man? You're an old man now. Or take a look at your life. Hey, old man, look at your life. I, I mean, that, was once that could be playing, like over, you. playing over your head. That's like, you know, life's short, young man, you're an old man now. Yeah. Do, I, do, I, do I really need to watch the last rest of the Space Jam legacy? Well, I, I do need a new podcast topic. Or, I mean, um, not a podcast topic, a new column topic. Yeah. And, and the five-sentence reviews do pretty well. Okay. But it, it's... It's a vanity project for LeBron James, and much in the way that Turner and Hooch is a rebooted concept, so is the Space Jam nonsense. Neither of them really bother me because they're not for me. They're for kids. I mean, I don't know about Turner and Hooch, but for sure Space Jam is for children. What bothers me, I I watched the original Space Jam like on a back, you know, back in the days of going to Blockbuster, I, I, w- I went down and ran and I'd go get four or five movies, and that's my weekend, especially in the winter. And um, I'm sure that I watched Space Jam that way, and I liked it, uh, partially because the time that I saw it, Jordan had already retired, like before he went to play for the Wizards. And that retirement, uh, I kind of missed Jordan and the whole mythos and whatever. And it and it was done in the classic Disney style of, you know, uh, they had Jor- young Jordan shooting hoops uh, under uh, the street light or whatever, the house lights in the middle of the night trying to get better and blah, blah, blah. It's a silly movie, it's a sappy movie, and it's, uh, I've forgotten almost everything about it except the song, I, I, I Believe We Can Fly, I Believe oh. We Can Touch the Sky, I remember that song, uh, I forgot, like somebody reminded me the other day that um, Bill Murray was in the original, and I'd forgotten about that, yeah. I don't even know what he was doing in it. What Just Bill Murray stuff, he's... We've talked about actors that, right. uh, oh, I can do anything, or I just play this persona of myself. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Murray just sort of wanders around a set and does Bill Murray stuff. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Um, so I guess I would say to this, um, the only thing that bothers me about it is it 
further dilutes for another generation just how funny Looney Tunes characters really were. Uh, because, you know, they're not going to be able to drop anvils on one another and they're not going to, oh. there's not going to be any of those, uh, you know, things that made Roadrunner and Coyote or Bugs Bunny versus Elmer Fudd. You know, Elmer Fudd's not going to blast Bugs Bunny in the face or Daffy Duck in the, uh, in the face in that duck season, rabbit season. They're not going to remake an opera in. Oh. In the old days, Bugs had stolen some carrots. Right. And the farmer's like, you know, I need these carrots to provide for my family. Let me get my shotgun out. Right. Uh, and he'd normally get his way out of it. He'd put on a bikini or present some <laughs> right. philosophical knot that he, Gorgon's knot that uh, uh, he can. Gorg- Cut through. Gorgon's not. Somebody's going to get laid in graduate school. So now it's like, hey, you used the wrong personal pronoun. Yeah. You know, go away. I'm, but I'm, as punishment, I'm going to take these carrots. Uh, but I'll be back. I'll be back for more. And you'll like it. Uh, well. Uh, so so is, that, is that how the confrontations work in today's Looney Tunes? I don't know. I, I, uh, they they have done a couple. They have done a couple of efforts of uh, like a Looney Tunes cartoon and I've tried to watch them and they're just, I know they're not for me. I know they're for a different generation and I know that ideas change about what's appropriate and what's funny, but like, God damn it. I remember watching, I just, it was the, it was the dessert at the end of Saturday morning cartoons was Looney Tunes. You got like an hour of Daffy Duck and Porky Pig and they were the adventures were frenetic and wild and hilarious and it didn't matter that I didn't understand the references they were making to thirties and forties culture. Uh it, it was just it was terrific. And this stuff just doesn't work for me. And maybe it's because I don't get the references and that does bother me now. I don't know what it is, but uh, I just feel like this is another thing where you're going to be like, hey, we're taking these things that we're basically treating like known brands, which for the purposes of a corporation is all any creation is, and we're going to use them for some dumb property reboot like Turner and Hooch or Space Jam Legacy, and they're not they're just not going to be the same. First of all, Mel Blanc is dead. He's been dead since 88 or 89. So the voices are all a little bit off. Uh, secondly, uh, they're not going to be allowed to do the things that were really funny uh, to begin with, like duck season, wabbit season, uh, that kind of stuff with firearms and, you know, whatever. And so I, I just... I'm, I may watch the rest of the movie. I'm not going to promise that. I don't want to say out loud that I am. And then we come back next week and be like, how was the rest of that movie? And I'm like, I didn't make it. But uh, I, it, I've, I just feel like this further dilutes. I'll, get, I'll tell you what I saw in the first 20 minutes. Don Cheadle, who's a decorated actor, plays an algorithm, uh, a sentient algorithm, uh, who, kidnaps, <sighs> who kidnaps LeBron James and his son. 
That's and, and LeBron. LeBron is like a dickhead father in sure. the beginning of the movie. He wants all of his boys to be great basketball players. Right. So there you go. It, does that entice you? I mean, that's twenty minutes in. Twenty minutes in, I haven't seen. Is he, is he wearing his Yankees hat? Uh, <laughs> here's what I want. Yeah, he always wanted to be in Pride of the Yankees, but he. Yeah. He got stuck, and uh, but I'm 21 minutes in. I haven't seen one boulder drop on anybody. I haven't seen I one Acme kit. Uh, nothing, you know. I would like the coyote to get some packages with the little Amazon swoop on it, and then it's like, oh, you've lost your credit, you know. So he has to work in a factory, <laughs> you know, and then he's like. Oh, we fired you. You didn't put enough widgets in the box. You know, we, we tracked your flop sweat, and it was too, too, too light. So he gets dispatched to someplace like uh, rural Iowa, where they have an Amazon warehouse, and he's co- he's collecting packages. He's just, to, yeah. he's just trying to make enough money to get one stick of dynamite to take out this uh, perverse <laughs> uh, roadrunner. But uh, do you do you modern know? Life is too tough for. I'll close this take out on and on this note. I learned recently, and I mean seriously recently, that coyotes are actually faster than roadrunners. Uh, so they would be able to catch. Right, it wouldn't this. be a problem. Barely an inconvenience. Well, just because you're fast enough, you still need them. You know, it's like soccer. These athletes are running. Uh, but they're, then they're being tackled or sure. manhandled by this beefy center back. I'm not. I'm not saying it's and easy. And they need to, you know, control the ball and kick it, you know, past the goalkeepers. It's a small window. I, I'm not saying uh, it's easy, but the premise of Roadrunner and Coyote was always that the Roadrunner was he'd so be fast, fast enough. He'd be fast enough and uh, could reach his, his jaw out and grab grab a hunk of uh, yeah. It, which that that I, it was a fact that once I learned it, I wish I hadn't known that. Yeah. Uh, because it uh, it's not, I'm not saying it ruins those cartoons for me because that nothing could do that. I'm just saying I wish I didn't know the reality of it. Is well, that, it's uh, like maybe maybe being a coyote is like being uh, Bill Dance, the um, fisherman. I don't know who that is. Well. Is that a, a fisherman? Is this a, a honey boo boo fisherman situation? Or Bill Bill Dance is a fine American. You you can learn as much as you want about him and not be uh, disappointed. Okay. Uh, let's say you're a sports fisherman. Okay, you've got all the best equipment. You know, boat. You know the right spot on the lake to fish. You got the right equipment, the right bait. You're skilled at uh, you know tugging on the the uh, the lure at the right time to get your fish. Uh, you know, if you're Bill Dance, skilled uh, sports fisherman, you could just throw a stick of dynamite. Is Bill or, tug- in a tug of war with himself? Or he could he could just get tilapia from a farm, you know. <laughs> but no, he just goes out and fishes uh, in a very manly American way. This is Dance, Bill Dance. I'm going to look this guy up. Maybe the coyote's like, yeah, I could chase this guy down, but I, I want to use uh, products from the Acme uh, Corporation yeah, to take him down because that's more sporty. That was a hell of a endorsement. That was the first endorsement deal 
in the history of film was Acme and Wile E. Coyote. A lot of product placement. A lot of product placement. There was a lot of products. Where did where did you see? Where else did you see the bat wing suit or the uh, spring loaded rocket? Nowhere. But you saw it. You yeah. saw it in Wiley Coyote. You got it on screen. I don't know if they had a lot of market for those products. Well, I mean, where is Acme today? There should have there should have been a crossover. Uh, is, is there episode. an Acme? Was there an Acme? Is there an Acme? I don't think so. No. Oh. But there should have been a crossover episode where uh, Coyote bilks that that really rich duck. Mm-hmm. The you know that Scrooge McDuck. The, yeah, where he's, he just uh, bilks him out of his fortune. Yeah. To, to explain um, how he got the money to afford all these specialist products, it's basically Acme is like uh, Wayne Corporation. Where uh, Wayne Corporation, it's like, hey, why do we have a you know on our catalog this Batmobile? Who's buying that? So, Never you mind. You're fired. Get out. You know. Uh, These are not the questions you ask and keep your job. <clears throat> so Acme Corporation is is basically owned by Wally Coyote, yeah. Shell Corporation. Just making you know, it's making products for regular Americans, but then there's this back catalog of you know. Uh, I feel like speci- specialist uh, ki- uh, roadrunner killing products. Yeah, I uh, I feel like what you've just described like, will like be better. Or... Will be better than all twelve episodes of Turner Turn and Hooch, or the remaining ninety minutes of Space Jam Legacy. Yeah. Well, um, that's because uh, um, we're creative people, uh, and we're also lazy. So, uh, <laughs> these are all, these things are all true. Well, and legal hasn't blessed any of these concepts either. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the old clock on the wall tells me it's time for dinner. It is. Uh, I, my friend, Mary Hoover, bless her heart, uh, high school. She was a year ahead of me at East high school, brought me some, uh, homemade vegetable beef stew. So I'm about to. Uh, ladle up some of that and pop that in the microwave. Um, Paul, do you have dinner plans? Uh, Mom, uh, she uh, had dental surgery that uh, has led to a tooth kind of being not completely healed. So uh, you're on your own. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll forge something up. Maybe make one of those quiche. Uh, but before we go, we wanted to take a moment to mark the passing of hip hop yeah. artist Biz Marquis. Yeah. I am not a big hip hop guy, never have been. Uh, but I will say I remember that song from 90, uh, and I remember it being fun. I remember singing it with friends in cars and being silly with it. And I think anybody who brings joy into the world uh, deserves recognition. Uh, and, and so I will say to you, my friend, Oh, baby, you, you got what I need. You want to get us what out of here? Say? Yeah. yeah, you say, I'm just, you say he's just a friend. 
You say he's just a friend, but baby, you, you got what I need. I'll I'll tell you this much, that uh, I I kind of like the passing of minor celebrities now, in the sense that uh, uh, a celebrity passes, it's just an opportunity for everyone to go on Twitter and just go nuts with their condolences. Uh, thoughts and, I, maybe, thoughts. That, maybe that happens even if you're thoughts and prayers thoughts and prayers probably minor uh, celebrity I like it but, because uh, I like it because maybe Kornheiser will write it into the happy time at the end of sure. like he did Jimmy Johnson's birthday the other day you know sure. you never know what's going to turn up in there that's not ripped from the head like the top page of the headlines so Paul get us out of here uh be kind, behave. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sort out all that um, uh, Wayne Enterprise slash Coyote slash Scrooge McDuck. We're gonna tighten that up and add it with our um, part of it, a special investigative report in our next podcast. Well, it'll it'll be our next production like that uh, Cannonball Run remake we never did, and that uh, other thing, Untitled Mike Myers Project. <laughs> We're going to put that in the same uh, warehouse as the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> All right, buddy. It's always good to talk to you. And uh, we'll are, uh, we are out of here. We're out. We're out. <laughs>